be able to take it to that next level. That's what I'm excited about. Blows over the middle, wide open across the five. He's in. Touchdown, Houston. Fires underneath. This is intercepted. Back-to-back possessions with picks for this Texans defense. Takeaway number three on the day. Game day is every day. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Now, it's Texans All Access, presented by Mattress Firm. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. Glad to be with you. A little over 24 hours, I guess, since the Texans took one on the chin against the Chicago Bears. 23-20 as the Bears kick a field goal as time expires. Cairo Santos, all kickers did a pretty good job yesterday. Nine field goals on the day? Let me see. Is that math right? That seems right. Three for Santos, two for Kaimi. That was five in pretty tough win conditions. Now, the game winner wasn't. Unfortunately, but the Bears moved two and one on the season. Two wins at Soldier Field, one loss away at Lambeau Field. The Texans yet to get that win, and just knocking on the door. Just keep knocking on the door, uh, and unfortunately, haven't had one answered yet. Maybe it comes this week against the beat up LA Chargers. We will find out six days from today as the Texans return back home for the first time in three weeks. After starting the season at home, then going on the road for a couple weeks, it'll be really nice on Pink Ribbon Day to be at home for a game as opposed to being on the road. Glad to be home. No doubt about that. My goodness. Now, on tonight's show, we're going to hear from my man David Fletcher, GM of LSSC. Big event at NRG Stadium this weekend. That would be Battle of the Piney Woods. Looking forward to it. Saturday, 2.30 is the game. We have our luncheon on Friday. And yours truly will be calling the game with Randy McElvoy on Valley Southwest. You can hear on Sports Radio 610, Adam Spillane and uh, Seth Payne. Also with us on the radio on the TV broadcast will be DP Sitter. So I can't wait to uh, share the airwaves with DP and call the game on Saturday for the Pinewoods. So David Fletcher is going to join us to talk about that and then some college football. But we're going to kick it off with our two Monday luminaries. Spencer Tillman, and we'll kick it off with our guy, Andre Ware. Mark, take it away. Andre, your thoughts. Let's start with Davis Mills here. Mills throwing the two picks off deflections, throws a touchdown pass. Passing game in general, Dre. He's only sacked once, but, man, it came at a bad time. It never comes at a good time, does it? Your thoughts on what you saw yesterday through the air? Yeah, I mean, if if those if it was thrown at a different point in the game, uh, you feel a little bit differently about it and, you know, not so much pressure on Davis this morning, but, you know, when it's thrown in that, that situation, that's when, you know, you, you're going to get a little criticism. You, people are going to be a little tough on you. So he's got to have some thick skin uh, that, that position you, uh, you, you're going to get praised and you're going to get beat up sometimes. And you've got, just got to live somewhere in the middle. That's why I tell young quarterbacks all the time is that, you know, when you throw a touchdown pass, not so much act like you've been there because you can celebrate it, but don't get too high because when you throw the interception, if you play with the same emotion, then you're going to you know dig yourself in a hole. So just play the game from an even keel standpoint and, and live with the results. Dre, what would you like to see improved more 
run defense or third down conversions on offense? Yeah, oh boy. Um, I have my vote. (laughs) I'll buy both. (laughs) Good vote, (laughs) Because, well, you know, I I think it's the run defense, really, because that is a a debilitating way to play a football game. It it almost, when you are at the mercy of a team that, that runs it and you can't stop them, then they can do everything else. Third downs are going to come and go. Uh, you'd like to see the improvement there, but sometimes you don't, don't even get the third down. You're just making first downs on – converting on first and second down. You don't get there. So um, I, I would take the run defense because it's an all-day, every-day, all-game kind of thing that you need to stop. What are you seeing from Damian Pierce? He did have 80 yards, 20 carries, first career touchdown, couple of fumbles, Dre. He's got to clean that up. What do you say to the young running back after three weeks of NFL action? Just keep doing his thing. I mean, you talked about the fumble. Just hold on to the ball. I think when he's in there, he's he's pass protected well. Um, that's usually – we talk about this all the time. That's usually where a young, young running back doesn't see the field because he can't protect the quarterback. Well, he's proven that he can. We've seen it. John has seen it on – on tape, he's he's he can all three phases are there with him. He runs so hard every play, and uh, trying to get extra yards. I've never seen him fall backwards. He's always moving the pile forward. So, just more of him. I, I like him as a player. Uh, I like what I've seen on uh, on the field and on tape. He's got he's going to be a good addition to this team, or has been a good addition to the team. Dre, how big a home run is Jalen Petrie for this uh, defense, getting oh, him at number goodness. 37 overall? I mean, I, I Mark and I have been talking about it off the air. I, I said I think he's – you could argue he's the best player in his football team right now. How big a home run is it to get Jalen Petrie here? Big-time home run. Uh, he's a playmaker. He can he senses and can time blitzes. If you're going to use a safety to do that, he's got to have, you know, that part to uh, to his game. Uh, he got a sack yesterday. He can play center field. He proved that. He's got some range, uh, two interceptions. He, he's a playmaker. Uh, you know, it, it's he and, and J.O. on the back end, uh, I think, you know, two, he's a he's a younger player in terms of from a starting standpoint or game started standpoint. So uh, I think you got two really good ones. I think Petrie's, got, Petrie's special. I said yesterday, we were talking off the air, uh, he's having a Pro Bowl type season and a, at a rookie you know, as a rookie, he's getting noticed right now because of his play. And uh, I, I don't think that's going to slow down. He's a smart player as well. We'll be rooting for more picks on Sunday when the <laughs> Chargers come in here, Dre. And Herbert and the Chargers lost badly to the Jaguars yesterday. We'll get to them in a moment. But what about Herbert playing with that rib cartilage situation? I would imagine a little numbness, voluntary numbness took place before the game, but how much can you hold up like that? And did you say you played with something like that at one point? Yeah. Um, didn't know that I'd done it. And, uh, you know, you get hit there and it's, you're just playing off emotion. I'm sure yesterday he had to be shot, but he had got it, gotten a shot. Let me clarify that gotten a shot to, to play. Um, because you, it's just so painful. You, you're playing on the adrenaline during the game, and then once the game's over, you've stretched it, you've torqued it because you have to you have to torque your body to throw it from the that area. It's it's just tough. It's tough to play that way. It's painful to play that way. Once the shot wears off, you know later after the game's over, it, it, that's where you. I'm sure this morning he's really really feeling it, but. 
Uh, I did it, played that way, and didn't didn't know it until it was about 75% healed. Dre, two of the Dolphins got a big win over the Bills yesterday. And there, there's a shot of your boy Kenny Dorsey up in the uh, – Dolphins which, might be talking. for real, man. Well, that's going to be my question. How much How much are they for real with two and what they've got with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle going on down there? Uh, they're special. And Tua, in my mind, I was always wondering what was the criticism. I mean, they're trying to tank. I mean, what are you expecting from him? You can't play quarterback with nobody around you. And they're trading away all your assets and, you know, everything. So he is final. And then now all of a sudden they, they figure it out. They want Waddle. They got um, the, the, Tyreek. the Tyreek Hill from Kansas City. You know, they've, they've got some weapons there for him. And, uh, and I watched Tua at an Alabama practice uh, day before, day or two before they, uh, I forget who they were playing, before game day. And the ball didn't hit the ground. I thought he was the most accurate passer I'd witnessed at that point in time. And I'm wondering, what is everybody criticizing him for? And Well, he gets hurt. Well, if you don't have anything in front of him, he's going to get beaten up. And I don't care who it is. It could be Joe Montana resurrected. If you put him in the situation early that Tua was in, he's not himself. And and so they decided to upgrade the talent around him, and you, you're starting to see the results from him. Tua is a baller, man. He is a baller, and he loves football. That, that 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 doesn't go unestimated because you can't underestimate that. A lot of guys play this game, especially on a professional level, because of what the game provides for them. They don't play it. He would play it for free. That's that's how much he loves the game. Hmm. Andre, uh, what about the Jaguars, though? What about our guy, Trevor Lawrence, our guy? Your guy. You guys thought he was going to be really yep. good. We told and I, you. Yeah. And I we told said, you. I said, no way. Well, I didn't say no way, but I said, give it a minute. And unfortunately, we waited a minute, and it's coming around here. He's. It's not like they're hitting big play after big play, but they're hitting the plays they need to hit. Plus, they're running the football. They look really solid the last couple of weeks. Yeah, when you look at <clears throat> what Jack, what Jacksonville has been the last few years, right? Uh, there, there's been no competence there. Finally, they've gotten, you know, they've been incompetent. When you when you finally get someone in that understands the game and how to run the organization, and uh, you got a real guy that can be can coach Trevor Lawrence, uh, they've been the laughing stock before. Not anymore. But now they've got Doug Peterson there. He's been to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl. Uh, and now you're starting to see what Jacksonville potentially can become. So it's dangerous. We talked about this on the plane a little bit, Mark. Um, they've got, they've always had players, but they didn't know how to use the pieces. He knows how to use the pieces and finish the puzzle. So uh, th- this is going to be an up-and-coming team. I don't think it was an accident. The way they uh, – the things they did to uh, – to the Chargers yesterday, um, this is they're, they're going to be a good football team, and they they've got players on both mm-hmm. sides of the ball where they can uh, they can make things happen. Dangerous, dangerous deal, and Trevor Trevor's leading the way. This is exactly what I expected from uh, from Jacksonville. Yeah, unfortunately, same Dre. Um, yeah, the Colts. Yeah. Do you the Colts and Chiefs? This kind of on both sides, Dre, with the Colts and Chiefs because. I don't know that I'm all the way bought in on the Colts, even though they got to win. But after watching the Chiefs struggle against that Colts defense, I don't know that I'm sold on the Chiefs because the Chiefs had to get a pick six from a rookie in the game against the Chargers to get a win at home. 
what does that result tell you about either one of those two teams thus far through three games, Trey? I think, you know, you in this league, we know it. You can't roll your helmet out there and think you're just going to get a win. And I think that that might be what happened yesterday in Indianapolis. The, Col- the Chiefs thought and watched and, and saw what we saw from the Colts in week one, and they, just, they were just a bad team. And now all of a sudden um, they're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Matt Ryan played finally like Matt Ryan can play, uh, throwing for a little over 220 and a couple of touchdown passes. Mahomes with a, you know, a pick, and he just wasn't himself yesterday. I looked statistically; it's not a Mahomes type day that uh, that he usually has. So you're on the road. You're, you're looking at what what happened the first two weeks. They're over one and one. And you just kind of float in there. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a game and you cannot ramp it up enough to come back from it. And Indianapolis walks away. I don't think Indianapolis is a good team. Uh, I don't even think they're a well-coached team at times. But uh, they've got enough around them or enough on that team that you know, if you roll in on them, they, they, can, uh, they can beat anybody. And that's, that's what happened yesterday. Dre, what do you have this weekend in college action? Got a good one. Uh, <clears throat> UCLA, who I think should be ranked after at some point today, playing against uh, UW, University of Washington, um, out at, at UCLA. So that the two really good quarterbacks that'll that'll face off Michael Pennant Jr. and uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. I, I've been lucky this year, guys, that I've had some really really good games that involved really really good quarterback play. And yep. these two are are, are uh, veteran players. If you use that term on the collegiate level, uh, Penix can spin it like nobody's business. And and DTR is one of the best dual threat guys that uh, I think you might see. So it's we're primed for a good one on Friday night. Oh, yeah. Michael Penix, the lefty, was at Indiana, transferred to Washington, has done a whale of a job leading the Huskies to an undefeated record. So that's going to be an incredibly good Friday night game for Dre to do. Now, also – Joining us, Spencer Tillman. He's played the running back position. He knows what goes into it. We obviously wanted to start and get his thoughts on Damian Pierce. Let's start with Pierce. Your thoughts on what you saw yesterday and what needs work. Well, you never want to fumble the ball, right? That's a problem. We understand that that's the turnover that most predictably predicts wins and losses. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of impact that would have had in the game like yesterday, but it obviously had an impact. Uh, so you need him in there. He's a dynamic player, but not at the expense of, you know, the, the turnover. So you just can't have that. And uh, so if he can address the issue of that, um, I think there's no question that he should be playing more. Uh, I just wish that – I always ask coordinators, are you a formula or a field guy? And what I mean by that is I'm, I want to know, you know, you go in with a sense of what the game plan is going to be and what you, how you want to win the game. But in mid-stride, uh, there's an impact on a running back. You have to get – you have to have a ramp up to that mindset to be able to get in there. Now, if you don't have the luxury of that, you just got to be ready at all times. But the preferred approach is to have kind of a ramp up. So I, I like Pierce. I've been bullish on him like, like most people have been. But you got to hang on to the football. Uh, I don't think you expect to, for Rex at 32 years of age to be a guy that's going to carry you from wire to wire. Uh, the short term may be a good benefit for you because he's sure-handed, not going to make many mistakes. But in, if you want to win the game, you got to have your best athletes on the field. All right, Spencer, you're, the I think, the, the one person to ask this question. What do you believe is the identity of this Texas football team right now? I don't believe it's established yet. I, I know what they want to be, 
But, you know, uh, the conviction to do something, we talk about this a lot, confidence comes from demonstrated ability. When you see flashes of it and it's not consistent, then you can't rely on it. What you want to have is something that you can rely on. When you know you need three yards, every coach, every coordinator has got the play in their back pocket. They know what it's going to produce. Um, let's just say, for example, and I hate to go here, but I, it, you asked the question. So if you've got a smash concept and you're trying to come back and win a game, uh, it seems like a sure-handed uh, play to call when you've got Rex running what would be the, the hitch or the hook, and then you've got the post behind it. That's a classic smash concept. But if that linebacker gets whipped on you and is standing there, and then the other thing that complicated is you have a center that's matched up with a former Texan, by the way, on that particular play. If I'm, I don't think it was Blackson that, that got the hand on the ball. But um, what you have is a situation where you need to get that guy's hands down. But if you're trying to deliver the ball over that guard center gap to that hitch route, then you need somebody who's mindful. If you've got a single block and you're not you know, chop blocking somebody, they're not engaged with someone else, you've got to get that guy's hands down. And so that's what I would like to see. I would like to see guys play the game like the old centers used to do it. The late Bob McKittrick from San Francisco used to tell guys, look, if you're not being double teamed, you can't be chop blocked. So the bottom line is this, get the hands down. Uh, Jesse Cipolla and, and, you know, uh, Russ Francis, all those guys would, would do wonderful things. They'd come back and ask the quarterback, where's the route settling down? They knew, they were intimately aware of where the ball was needing to be released from. And so uh, I just think that level of engagement is the next step for the Texans to know that imp- there's no play off. Everything is integrated, and it impacts something else. So um, I-, I would like to see that to be the next step of the Texans. Fans may not see it initially, but believe me, when you break the tape down, John, I know you see it. Uh, it-, it- it's there. You need some-, some work on that that front line. Spencer, opposing point total wasn't ridiculous at all. In fact, the Texans defensively, it's not like the Bears ran the clock out on them. They got the ball back again and again, but they gave up way too many rushing yards. We all agree on that. What's that going to take to improve in that category? Well, listen, the way they play the game, you guys know that you have to expend a lot more deep, more energy to play defense at a high level. But when you've got two backs, I mean, I, I think you're hard-pressed to find guys when healthy. Montgomery was the star of the week before this this last game, and then, you know, you get Khalil running like he did yesterday. That was just a – that was crazy, man. And so those guys that are able to run through arm tackles, you're not going to just fill gaps and just be pedestrian. You have to come with aggressive energy and finish the play. And I, I don't know anything other than to say it's the mindset. I mean, the assignment part of it, you're going to get there, be in your place. But if you get displaced, then you physically got beat. So, you know, you can make great plays. And I've seen it happen. And the numbers, that stuff really doesn't bother me. I mean, I had a game this past weekend where Oregon had like 364 yards at halftime. They had twice as many yards as Washington State did. But they were yet behind, you know, like nine points on the scoreboard at halftime. It's points per possession that you need to be concerned about, particularly if you're playing an opponent that's one hand tied behind their back. They can't throw the ball. So, you know, every time you get your hands on the ball while you're in this phase that the Texans are in right now, you have got to be obsessed with scoring points. You have to be. And that's got to be your measuring stick. And so uh, unless and until they can get to that point, no game is going to be put away. Spencer, for your Lovey Smith, when the players come in tomorrow after they're off today, what's your message to them through three games and then getting ready to take on the Chargers on uh, week four? I say, guys, it's not going to get any easier. That's so cliche, but I would follow it up with this simple statement. You and this team has got to get better at dealing with worse. You're not going to get better. The pathway is not going to get easier. The fans are going to get louder. Um, Your your emotional state, you can't 
not play the inside game. The inner game in your head is telling you. It, you may dampen it if you want to, but you know you should have beaten Chicago. You know they've got a quarterback that, if you, you know, passing at a 47% clip, 106 yards. No quarterback should be able to beat you with those numbers. And so if they can today, in this spread era that we're in right now, if somebody can beat you with a 47% throwing percentage and 106 yards passing, something's wrong. So you let one slip away. So, guys, it's not going to get easier from here. Name me one team that's going to be worse than Chicago that we've got in the immediate future. There's not one. You can't find one in the short range, right? So even the teams mm-hmm. in your division are starting to step it up. Indianapolis, what an unbelievable job they did yesterday. you got teams around. It's not going to get easier. We've got to get better at handling difficulty. And, if, and to the degree that we can do that and measure ourselves against ourselves, not anybody else, but ourselves, you cannot have a reasonable expectation that the outcome is going to be different if you don't get better at managing what you're not very good at. Rock steady. Andre Ware, Spencer Tillman, love those two and appreciate them for joining us on the show. As I mentioned before, Battle of Piney Woods is this Saturday. The man in charge of running it all is the general manager of Lone Star Sports Entertainment. David Fletcher, he joins me next, talks of college football and Battle of the Piney Woods next right here on Texas All Access. Texans All Access continues in a moment. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling. With queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Com for details. Com for details. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans. All right, I am joined by one of my favorite people anywhere on the face of the planet. He is the GM of LSSC. That's Lone Star Sports Entertainment. And we have got action this week here at NRG Stadium. I bring him in, David Fletcher. Fletch, first of all, how you doing, my man? It's good to see you. Great to see you, Johnny. We're uh, in in that time of year where football is king. Wait, wait, <laughs> is there a time of year where it's not? But um, <laughs> not but. here. <laughs> but uh, big weekend ahead of football here at NRG Stadium. Uh, of course, Chargers and Texans on Sunday, but uh, big one on Saturday. Before that, with the ninety sixth edition of the Battle of Piney Woods, presented by H E B. Sam Houston State, Stephen F Austin, going to do it again, once again here at NRG Stadium. Fletch, this game has been here. How many years has this game been here? The 12th year. Okay, 12th year. And it's not been a great spot for SFA, but it's been a really great spot for Sam Houston. But last year, I remember being in Buffalo, kind of tracking the game from afar, and SFA looked like they were going to break the streak, and then Sam Houston seemed to snatch the, uh, what is it, they snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Or you could go the other way, that SFA snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Either way you want to look at it, it was a heck of a football game last year. I would imagine we're in for that again this year with Sam Houston taking on SFA. I know there's so much that you do around the game. We'll talk about the game in a second, but there's so much that's going on around the game. I want to make sure that we hit all those different things that you have associated going on with Battle of the Pine Woods. Well, it's, it's anytime we do a college football event here at NRG, we really try and make it a total weekend experience, give the fans – Something to extend their stay here in Houston. Have a great time while they're here. 
no different with with this year's event and uh, we're excited on friday night uh, our, our partners over at Carbach Brewing have got uh, Car- Carboctoberfest going on and just going to be a fun night of food, uh, adult beverages, <laughs> live music um, all over at the uh, Carbach Brewery uh, just north uh, of town here. So um, get over there. It's a free event, a great opportunity for fans to to get their uh, their game weekend started right. And uh, not not a late night either, starting at 7 o'clock. So over at the Carbach Brewery. Check out BattleThePineyWoods.com. You can get all the details there. Uh, or just head over to CarbachBrewing.com, too. That's a great way to get your weekend started. Uh, and then Saturday will be all about the tailgating. We know that. 2.30 kick right in the middle of a beautiful weekend. I saw the forecast this morning. Mm-hmm. I hope it stays this way. Mid-80s on the temperature. 0% chance of rain. I'll take that to go out and get going uh, on the tailgating scene any day, any day of the week. And uh, shouldn't be any different out here uh, come Saturday. Parking lots will open up at 930. There'll be a lot of fun out there. And uh, we'll have we'll have Text Fest going on as well with live music, food, drinks, giveaways, all kinds of fun out here on the ground. So um, I promise you, if, if you're looking for a fun, family, affordable opportunity to, to have some fun around football this weekend, you've got two opportunities. Certainly can do it with the Texans on Sunday, but uh, why not make a weekend out of it and do, join us on Saturday as well? Okay, Fletch, just a dumb question. You start talking about the weather. I got me thinking. Who would make the decision to open the roof, or does the roof have to stay closed? Are you is it contractually to stay closed? Is that written in the contract? How does that work? I mean, Johnny, like eighty five is a beautiful football day, but that's still a little warm. That's here. a little warm. Still yeah, a little warm I, out here. You, if you remember, we had it open in twenty sixteen for uh, a half, and uh, it was uh, it got quite toasty. In yeah, here. yeah. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna have the roof closed seventy two and sunny all the time inside uh, yeah, in right the stadium. That. And uh, should make for great football weather, no doubt. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, it is going to be it's going to be fun, and it's unfortunately a rivalry with Sam Houston going to CUSA in twenty twenty three. I don't know how much longer the rivalry sticks around. So, I mean, who knows what what happens with it? But if it is you know, the last time we have it, I mean, it's obviously glad. I'm glad that we have it here in Houston, and I'm glad that I'm actually going to be a part of it, calling the game uh, with Randy McAvoy. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a great a great rivalry game as it is every single year. I know it's been lopsided the last uh, few, certainly Sam Houston riding a 10 game win streak, but almost every single one of those games has come down to the fourth yep. quarter, no matter what. And, and, and anytime you, you've got two teams that have the, the, the bitter rivalry that, that these two have, you know, you never know what could happen. And certainly last year was a, was a great case with that SFA in control completely for three and a half quarters, and somehow, some way, the defending national champs at that point just figured out a way, you know, with with Eric Schmidt and what he was doing at quarterback for him to uh, to find a way to win. Came down to a late, long missed field goal. SFA had the chance to to take it, but ultimately not in their favor. And and look, coming off of um, the 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 early part of this year, uh, I think both of these teams are still trying to find themselves. Absolutely, you would know better than anybody how how uh, that transition is happening. Certainly with Sam Houston, right? But but SFA uh, comes in off of a ridiculous win this weekend, um, and and should bring a lot of momentum, and and that should play well for the Lumberjacks in their favor for sure. I haven't decided whether I'm actually going to bring that up or not. <laughs> I haven't even. I have. I've thought about it. I saw that score, and I thought. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm even gonna gonna bring it up. I might bring it up in in passing, but uh, it's a it's been a unique year in some sense for Sam because 
they got off to an 0-2 start, and they've not been 0-2 in a, in a long time. And it's also a unique year for Sam because they're, they're in between. They are not allowed to play in the FCS playoffs, but they're not allowed to go up all the way to CUSA yet and play in a bowl game. So it's, you know, it's nine games they get to play, and, and that's it. And it's a, it's a really unique position that they're sort of in and trying to decide various things about the program. So I'll be real curious how they go about this one against, uh, against Stephen F. Certain guys may not play. They might play. It's, it's just a really interesting dynamic that, uh, that they have going on at Sam right now because of, the, because of the transition phase that they're in. Well, no doubt. But, but you know that, that a guy like Casey Keeler, the head coach there, he don't want to lose this. doesn't want to lose this game. He, you know, certainly has those, the, those uh, uh, student athletes prepared uh, with, with whatever he can do to make sure they're putting the best thing forward. I mean, I was talking to him a couple weeks ago when I was up at their home opener uh, a, a win they had over a, a really good Texas Commerce team that's also in a transition. Um, and, and Casey was talking about how you know they had 46 players that were transfers this year yeah. uh, in and out, mm-hmm. some of them even up to the first week of the season. Right. You know, and, and just you spoke to the nature of, of how they are in transition, um, the transfer portal affecting college athletics and college football significantly at all levels uh and and so you know they've benefited in some ways they've got a, a good quarterback who comes in from georgia tech he's learning learn how to build the offense with with john perry and and they they finally they finally started to figure out game three uh with with some good points on the board there but ultimately um you know that that program has been affected by the transition more than any and i know a great coach like Kobe Carthel is going to try and figure out a way yep. to, to, to exploit that the best way he can. And he's got an offense, if nothing else, that's coming in really excited about how they're playing. I know Kobe Carthel took over that program and like, okay, curious guy came from division two. Like, all right, let's see how he does. Man, he's really kickstarted that program. I mean, the first time they played, the first time he played in the battle of the Piney woods, Sam had one of their better teams and they went toe to toe. And it was like one of the proverbial, Hey, this is a rivalry. You can just throw the records out the window, which is, which is true, uh, and I think Colby has just been – he kept chipping at the rock, chipping at the rock, chipping at the rock. I would imagine uh, at SFA this week, they are – this is the time. No doubt. This, this, is, this is the time that we have to go get this one against these guys. Look, if you're going to play 12, 12 years off campus with the rivalry as, as this one has, and who knows, this may be the last – I know SFA is not going to be terribly excited to look back on the last uh, last ten, but right. if they book in with the first one and the last one, that, there's certainly going to be uh, a lot of people excited up in the Piney Woods for sure. Let me ask you a question, Fletch. I don't know if you were here when when it first came here, but why did the Texans and Lone Star Sports Entertainment decide to bring the Battle of the Piney Woods here? Why was it an attractive game, if you will, to bring to NRG Stadium? Well, if you look at the the way this this game was set up, this is really a, a, a three party partnership, and and each of the entities, the the two the two schools and Lone Star, uh, equally uh, share in, in the responsibilities and in, in making it a great experience, and and that's something that when you look at the type of institutions that these two are, the rivalry that they've had over the years, um, great regional partners uh, to, to our organization, very impactful on the city of Houston. From a recruiting perspective, this is the most important market for both of these schools. Yep. They have more students out of the greater Houston area than any other uh, part of the state or the country. So for them, makes a lot of sense to have 
this event here in Houston. They've done such a great job, both of them, in, in really painting the town this week. You're starting to see it today with billboards around town, and I'm hearing the commercials from, from the schools as they use this as a recruiting tool more than anything else. But, but certainly um, it is a great experience for their alums, for their student athletes. I mean, to get to come and play in a venue like this is something that, that has recruiting advantages, has – it creates great memories for, for those student athletes win, win or lose. And so ultimately it's been a very successful, uh, a very, very um, important part of our organization. And, and uh, we're really excited for Saturday to get here as uh, we kick this puppy off for the 96th time. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Two thirty kickoff. I know you following the rest of uh, the rest of college football. Biggest surprise from week four. You had Texas going down at Texas Tech. You had Middle Tennessee beating University of Miami. A&M saved by an upright, seemingly. I guess you could say A&M over Arkansas was the biggest surprise. Was the biggest thing that stood out to you week four? You know, I mean, we're, we're still, you know, obviously this is our first game of the college football season this year. No no Texas kickoff so, uh, for our organization. Yeah. But um, we, we've always got an eye on it as, as, as we host the Tax Act Texas Bowl come December 28th, the yep. Big 12 SEC uh, matchup once again in prime time. And, and yeah, I, I think you hit the, the nail on the head with a lot of those. I, I will say this, certainly loved locally, the, the the rivalry that happened between U of H and Rice, yep. uh, you know, was was great to see what what Mike Bloomgren's doing and building that Rice program. I know they just didn't quite get it there, but um, you know that was a great game on Saturday, and those two programs, um, you know, continue to be front and center here, along with the Aggies, the the Tigers, and and certainly the Longhorns. Um, so it 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 speaks to why Houston is such a fantastic college football market to have great teams, great programs, great games like that one on Saturday. But but I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Kansas, Kansas Jayhawks at 4-0, too. Ooh. I mean, wow, what a story that uh, Lance Leipold, baby. Leipold has done up there. And, and um, look, it's, um, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I saw this stat over the weekend, and you had two of them facing each other head-to-head. But uh, the basketball programs – that are historically great. The, yeah. the, the, the North Carolina's Syracuse, Syracuse, yeah. the, the Kansas, the Dukes, um, all playing really, really well, which is made for a, uh, probably a lot of fun on those campuses this time of year when it's traditionally not. So, uh, I think, I think it's great to see what college football is, is, uh, is doing right now. There's so many surprises each and every weekend. Um, we're, if you wanted to try and tell me who's going to win the big 12 right now, oh, I'd love to luck. see your crystal ball. I mean, good it is, luck. it is, it is uh, an amazing, an amazing um, time, and I, I'll, I'll say in closing, the, the Sunflower State as a whole had a great weekend. Watching the the, the twenty twenty one Tax Act Texas Bowl Kansas State Wildcats, yeah, uh, or T- Tax Act Texas Bowl champions, the Kansas State Wildcats going to Norman and winning a big, big way. I, I was so happy for um, for um, uh, Chris Kleiman and that entire group. They were they were so great to work with last year, and and I know tough for Oklahoma. You know, with with um with with their transition with Venables there this year, but uh, I have a feeling they're going to bounce back just fine. They they've got a great team there, and uh, so it's it's just a lot of fun as we as we continue to keep an eye on the rest of the year. I'm I'm still uh, I'm still up in the air on who's going to win the Big Twelve, and and we'll see how it all unfolds relative to our game here in December, which uh, which we'll certainly be talking about more in the in the near future. Do you want a fun and difficult question to answer? Oh, I love it. Fire away, bud. What's the best college football team in Texas right now? Well, I know the only undefeated one sits up in Fort Worth. Ah, 
TCU. I think that's the one I was going to say. And they've got a big one this weekend yep. with Oklahoma. But, I mean, the state of, of college football is is certainly uh, – <laughs> is, is, It's kind of all it's, over the map this year. all over the place. Every week has intrigue. Uh, you know, look, I thought the Aggies were, were, were dead to rights coming out of that lost App State. They've bounced back nicely. You know, a lot of people similarly said the Longhorns were well on their way, and they're not quite there yet right. after a tough one in Lubbock. I mean, who? Mm -hmm. Joey McGuire's three and one. Yeah. You know? I mean, Dave Aranda's three and one. Got that team playing. I well. think Baylor and TCU. I mean, I I was impressed with what I saw from Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is better when Donovan Smith is playing quarterback. But I thought about that as as you were talking about locally. I was like, man, who? What? Because Houston probably isn't where they need to be. Rice is better, but unfortunately got knocked off for them by Houston. Texas took the loss to Texas Tech. A&M, you would maybe say, is the most athletically gifted team, but it's not as if they've played extremely well this year. The team that's probably been the most dominant, or I guess maybe the best way of putting it, is TCU. I think TCU has been there. You know, Baylor had that hiccup at BYU where they just got, you know, there was a game that BYU seemingly controlled, but Baylor made close. But I think TCU-Baylor are right there. Uh, big win by UTEP beating Boise State, but UTEP's not quite there either. But I... It's a tough year to try and figure that out right now. Hopefully in a few weeks we'll figure it out. But right now it's like, I don't know. It's so close. Let's just sit back and enjoy it. That's what, that's what we're here to do. Absolutely. Fletch, I appreciate your time. Give us the, the info again for Saturday, Piney Woods, October 1st. Yeah. Battle of Piney Woods presented by HEB. Uh, Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin, another year here at NRG Stadium. Uh, 2.30 kickoff. A handful of tickets still available, but this one's going to sell out. There's no doubt. And, and so you can go to battleofpineywoods.com, get your seats. We've got pregame sideline access. We've got great experiences you can get a, uh, get a part of before the game. Uh, 2.30 out here. If, you, if for some reason you can't get in before it sells out, 2.30, Bally Sports Southwest, Randy McAvoy, and John Harris, along with DP Sidhu on the call. Check that one out. It should be a lot of fun. Or... If you're driving around and, and just looking for uh, for some college football fix, uh, Adam Spillane and uh, Seth Payne will have the call on Sports Radio 610 as well. So you've got a lot of ways to enjoy this rivalry game. We certainly hope you can, and uh, we look forward to a big one head this weekend. Absolutely, and I'll be emceeing the luncheon on Friday, so I'm looking forward to that. And game on Saturday, I'm all about Battle Piney Woods, bro. All all about it. You know that. I would do that. And I, Fletch, I know you are as well because that's, well, it's your job. But you do your job very, very well. Fletch, I appreciate it, my man. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. The man is the best. I could talk to him about anything. But, of course, Battle Piney Woods and college football right up his alley and our alley. All right, we get back. Let's look back at the week that was in the NFL and hit some key matchups and some very interesting endings in games. We'll do that next right here. Going around the NFL on a Monday, Texans All Access. More Texans Radio is on the way. You know what having fun your way is really like? It's never-ending options and rewards at over 50 destinations nationwide. It's Caesars Rewards. Dine at Hell's Kitchen at Caesars Palace, Las Vegas. Party the night away at Harris, New Orleans. Or bet big on table games at Horseshoe, Bossier City. With Caesars Rewards, you earn benefits for every way you play. Book your trip at Caesars.com and sign up for Caesars Rewards today. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Texans Radio. The Drive continues. We got one final segment of this edition of Texans All Access. I am your host, 
John Harris. It's time to get on the clock and buzz through week four in the NFL. Put me on the clock and let's go. In Tennessee, the Titans took on the Raiders and the Titans held on 24-22. Mack Holland scored with 114 left on a throw from Derek Carr, but the two-point conversion failed and the Titans got their first win of the season. They moved to one and two. Raiders moved to oh and three. Derek Carr did throw for 303 yards, but an interception led the way for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill to come up with a big win. Derrick Henry ran for 85 and a tutty. Tannehill threw one, ran one. Titans one and two. In one of the weirdest games of the day, staying in the AFC South, the Colts got a win. They moved to one, one, and one. But they were stopped on a last-minute drive by the Chiefs. But getting up after a sack, Chris Jones happened to get in Matt Ryan's face and say something to him. Right in front of the official, you have flag 15 yards. The Colts got to keep the ball. And eventually, Matt Ryan would throw a 12-yard touchdown pass to Jelani Woods for the Colts' 20-17 win. Chiefs fall to 2-1. And, and one of the bigger upsets, in my opinion, of the day, the Dolphins. I know the Dolphins have been good. The Dolphins get a win over the beat-up Buffalo Bills. 21-19. The Bills ran out of time at the end of the game as Josh Allen was trying to get everybody up to the line of scrimmage to try and spike it. He threw for 400 yards and two touchdowns, but that somehow wasn't enough as Tua Tungavailoa threw a touchdown. Chase Edmonds had two on the ground, even though he only ran it six times. The Miami Dolphins are 3-0, and the Buffalo Bills are 2 and one. The Vikings and Lions were all over the map. The Lions got out front in the third quarter, 24-14, but the Vikings scored twice, including the game winner from Kirk Cousins to K.J. Osborne for 28 yards out. They win 28-24. Vikings move to 2-1 and one on the season. Lions fall to 1-2 and two as Kirk Cousins throws two touchdowns and throws for 260, and Dalvin Cook has 96 yards rushing. And a tutty, Minnesota 2-1, Lions 1-2. The Ravens, Lamar Jackson, the MVP in 2019, put on a show. He had five touchdowns, and Mac Jones got hurt in the last play of the game. Ravens win 37-26. Ravens move to 2-1. Patriots fall to 1-2. Keep an eye on that Mac Jones injury for the Patriots. The Bengals whitewash the Jets. No Jets magic. The Bengals got out in front, stayed out in front. They went 27-12. to 12. Joey Burrow threw for 275 and three touchdowns. Tyler Boyd caught one of those in 105 yards receiving. Joe Flacco, and the magic ran out. 27-12, both teams moved to one and two on the season. The Eagles dominated the Commanders. Dominated. Devontae Smith, 169 yards receiving and a touchdown. Jalen Hurts threw for three. And through for 340 yards, the Eagles are tough. And the Eagles are 3-0. Commanders 1-2. The Panthers found a way to get a win. Defensive touchdowns. Name of the game. Jameis Winston threw two touchdowns. Baker May- or Two interceptions. Baker Mayfield threw a tutty, but no interceptions. And Christian McCaffrey had over 100 yards for the Panthers. Both teams moved to 1-2. and two. And the biggest game of the day, as far as we were concerned, outside our game, the Jaguars hammered the Chargers. 38 to 10, and it probably wasn't even that close. It was a blowout from the beginning. Trevor Lawrence threw three touchdowns. James Robinson ran for 100 and had a touchdown. 
It was done and over. Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones Jr., the top three receivers for the Jags, all had touchdowns. The Rams took care of the Cardinals. The Rams moved to 2-1 uh, with a 2012 win over the Cardinals. Tough stuff. Cardinals can't get in the end zone for field goals, but the Rams are able to and get the win and fly home atop the NFC West. Falcons beat the Seahawks on the road. How about the gutty Falcons? 27-23. The Packers held on against the Buccaneers. 14-12. Stopped the two-point conversion for the Bucs at the very end. And the Broncos beat the 49ers 11-10. They won 11-10. It was 11-10 on Sunday night. Really? That's it? My goodness. Well, that's it. That's it for the show. Appreciate you guys being here. Got Monday Night Football coming up. Cowboys and Giants right here on Sports Radio 610. Appreciate you listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. With available premium features like wireless Apple CarPlay, plus America's best warranty and complimentary maintenance, the Hyundai Sonata and Elantra put you on the road to victory. Right now, get 3.29% APR for 48 months on our most popular models. Visit your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. For well-qualified buyers only, offer ends 10-322. Call 469-613-0227 for more details.